what is up my friends my beautiful people it has been far too long i took a week off and we are back ripping another pod today we're going to be talking about everything gut health gut health gut health and specifically four things that i have done that i continue to do that have improved my gut health drastically you don't have to have gut health issues to want to improve your gut health But if you are struggling with gas, bloating, poor digestion, it can really, really wreak a havoc on your quality of life. And I was somebody who had issues. I had digestive issues for years, and I could not fix them. I could not figure out what the hell was wrong with me. I went to doctors, and I got checked out. And I just after every meal, I had this gigantic food baby, and I had terrible gas. And like I'm telling you, it was awful. It was awful for years, and honestly, it really, really messed with the quality of my life, so I'm hoping that this podcast can reach somebody who really, really needs to hear this stuff, and hopefully it'll help you out in the same way that it helped me out, and always, you know, consult a physician if you really are having troubles with your digestion, with your health, always consult a physician. I always create this stuff from my point of view, my perspective, what has worked for me, and I don't give out medical advice. So obviously gut health is a very complex and nuanced subject. Everybody has a different microbiome. Everybody has different issues. So do what is going to work for you. But if any of these tips do help you out, which I hope they do, then let me know. Um, But always consult with a physician before you do anything crazy. But a lot of the stuff I'm going to be recommending is just basic stuff that most people don't think about. So let's get into the main things that have helped me out and what I have done in the past that has not worked for me. So when I started thinking about this episode and what I wanted to talk about, I can't help but share my experience, strength, and hope and how I kind of came out of my own issues with digestion and with digestive issues And so I kind of want to bring up my own experience. A lot of you guys know that a couple years ago, I was mostly plant-based. Everything that I ate was plant-based a couple years ago. And this is kind of like how I decided to eat for several years. I was working for a plant-based restaurant. And so I was traveling with them. And it was really easy for me to stick to a mostly plant-based diet. I felt amazing at first. My digestion was awesome. I was eating way more vegetables than I ever ate, way more fiber than I ever ate. I was eating things like sauerkraut and kimchi, lots of fermented foods, and I was eating tons of raw vegetables and leafy greens and then roasted vegetables, and I was just feeling amazing, right? But there came a certain point where like six months, a year into my plant-based journey, I started to experience gut health issues. I got tremendous bloating after meals. I had uncontrollable gas. Like it was just a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. And I tried everything. I, I looked on YouTube. I looked on Google. I, you know, I, any sort of remedy. You know, I tried drinking apple cider vinegar before meals. I tried um, digestive enzymes. I tried so many, so many different things. And none of them worked, right? So I I was like, okay, let me try an elimination diet. Elimination diet is basically where you strip down your entire diet 
and pretty much just eat only a few things in order to introduce things back in over time slowly and see if there's something, maybe like a food sensitivity, food allergy, something that's bothering you. And then over time, you can pinpoint it. Okay, maybe I have a sensitivity to wheat. Maybe I have a sensitivity to nightshade vegetables, whatever it was. I need to figure out like what is causing this discomfort, right? So I went on a plant-based ketogenic diet. This is kind of what led me down these rabbit holes of trying all these different diets was I was suffering. My digestive health was suffering. And when your digestion is messed up, it's really, really hard on you mentally because a lot of your serotonin, 95% of your serotonin is actually produced in the gut. Yeah, so if you are struggling with digestive issues, it's going to mess with your your feel-good hormones, your serotonin. So that's what I was dealing with. And I needed some help. And the plant-based ketogenic diet, when I went on it first... I felt amazing. My digestive symptoms went away. Now, I thought there was something amazing and special about the plant-based ketogenic diet. The truth of the matter was that I had cut out whatever foods I was having trouble digesting, digesting, which later I found out was like beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, a lot of those things. When I cut those things out, I actually started to feel much better. My skin got clearer. I no more bloating, no more gas, no more uncontrollable stomach pains at night, no more acid reflux. I thought I had found the magic cure. But here's the problem is this diet was so restrictive that I couldn't go out to restaurants. I couldn't eat with my friends. I, My quality of life was suffering because... A lot of what I did socially, I had to not do anymore or just drink water when I went to restaurants with friends and stuff. And it really made me kind of a social outcast. And this was really hard on me. Eventually, that diet was not sustainable for me. And as a matter of fact, I was coming out of ketosis like every weekend and binging on sugar and pastries and all of that shit. And It just wasn't good for my relationship with food. I came out of that and started introducing animal products again. And I left a lot of the foods that I kind of had a feeling were inflaming my gut, like beans, legumes, and things like that, like certain lentils and different different plant-based foods. I left those things out of my diet, and I still kept in a lot of vegetables and fruit and proteins and fish and I started to feel better again and I wasn't binging anymore I stopped binging and I still and then I started to include foods that I love like Reese's peanut butter cups and cookies and shit like that and I still felt amazing no digestive issues and then About a year or two later, after I started introducing animal products again, I started to get digestion flare-ups again. And I was like, what the hell is going on, right? So I did some more research, and I took a test to find out that I had low stomach acid. My stomach was not producing enough HCL, hydrochloric acid, and so I went on a regimen or protocol to increase my hydrochloric acid. Pretty much took 
you can buy them on Amazon. I wouldn't recommend doing this without your doctor though, but I took some pepsin plus HCL. I took these tablets every single day to rebuild my hydrochloric acid. This seemed to do the trick and it helped me mostly fix my gut health issues. Now, there are other things that I had to do alongside with the hydrochloric acid treatment, but it was all relatively safe and seemed to have fixed my gut health issues. And so here are some of the things that helped me alongside the Pepsin Plus HCL. Number one, I ate prebiotic-rich foods. Now, a lot of you guys know that um, the microbiota is basically your gut microbiome. There's billions of bacteria in your intestines, billions. There's good bacteria, there's bad bacteria. The harmful or bad bacteria, it can, it it is not good for you. The good bacteria is what helps you with so many health processes in the body. The good bacteria is said to be the puppet of the body. It's basically, or the puppet master of the body. It's basically pulling all of our strings, making us do what we do. We're basically a big sack of skin that is controlled by a bacteria. <laughs> I know it's weird, but so there's good bacteria, which we want more of, and then there's bad bacteria, which we don't want a lot of, because it can leak into our bloodstream. And when it leaks into our bloodstream, this is where inflammation, heart disease, diabetes, depression, thats it can lead to all of these things. So we don't want that bad bacteria leaking into our gut. So what's the number one way to make sure that we have plenty of good bacteria and a limited amount of bad bacteria because we're always going to have some bad bacteria and it's perfectly normal to have some bad bacteria. It is to eat a variety of foods. Yes, I know it sounds simple. Eat a variety of foods. A lot of people just eat the same foods. They eat a lot of processed foods. They eat a lot of junk. They eat a lot of crap and they don't eat enough variety of fruits, vegetables, proteins, nuts, seeds, legumes, they just don't eat a variety of foods. So the best way that you can make sure that you have a healthy gut microbiome is to eat a variety of foods and rotate your foods out. If you can, eat foods that are seasonal to where you live. So if you can eat local seasonal things, this is going to help your gut microbiome as well. So number one on my list of things that I did to improve my gut health is eat prebiotic-rich foods. So these kinds of foods are going to be higher in fiber, and these are the kind of fiber that the good bacteria in your gut like to thrive on. So this is what's going to help that good gut bacteria multiply and be healthy and happy, okay? So foods like artichokes, broccoli, spinach, chickpeas, lentils, um, bananas, apples, asparagus, garlic, onions, Foods that are high in prebiotic fibers are going to help cultivate a healthy gut microbiome, okay? So just look up, if you're looking for more lists of like pre, good prebiotic foods, go just go on Google, type in good prebiotic foods and you're gonna find tons of lists, okay? These are just some of my favorites. I love asparagus and I love broccoli. Pretty much eat those on a daily basis and I pretty much eat garlic and onions on a daily basis, so. Definitely am not lacking in the prebiotic department. Next on the list is eat plenty of probiotic foods. Now, probiotics has been a buzzword. You don't have to purchase a probiotic supplement, although it may help 
The problem with probiotic supplements is a lot of them are not backed by research and a lot of them are actually dead. You're spending all of this money for some dead, basically gut bacteria that you're buying in a bottle and you take in a pill. A lot of them are dead and they're not shelf stable. So by the time they get to you or by the time you buy them, they're no longer active and they, they don't really have the benefits. You're spending a lot of money for something that you don't know if it's working or not, right? So probiotics are good if you can find a good brand or source that you like, but I personally don't use any probiotics right now. I just eat probiotic-rich foods. So foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, pickles, Greek yogurt, kefir, these are all foods that are fermented, right? And you want fermented foods that are going to feed your gut microbiome. They're going to help you get that beneficial, more good bacteria in your gut and help you feel better, digest better. And overall, you're just going to be a lot happier and healthier, less bloating, better digestion, less gas, things like that. So definitely get your probiotic-rich foods. If you like Greek yogurt, Greek yogurt is a great source. Um, I like sauerkraut and kimchi. Miso soup is actually a probiotic, funny enough, if you like miso soup. All right, number three on the list is I went for a 10-minute walk after every single meal. Now, a lot of people don't have time to go on a 10-minute walk after your meals. Go on a 5-minute walk after your meals. Just get the blood moving, get the blood flowing after your meals. And this has been shown to help speed up digestion. It helps reduce cortisol, which we want. That's like the fight or flight hormone, right? So cortisol is kind of what's going to help you when it comes to um, that fight or flight. It's a very nervous energy. It's what we need when we first wake up to get our day going to get started. Cortisol is very necessary, but... We don't need cortisol when we're trying to digest, right? We want to rest and digest. We want to be in parasympathetic nervous system. So we want to go on a, a walk. We want to go on a walk. This is going to downregulate cortisol and help us rest and digest. Okay, so go on a walk, a 10-minute walk after meals. And then another way, another reason why walking after meals is also beneficial is it actually helps with your blood sugar maintenance. So it helps you control your blood sugar so you don't have this huge blood sugar spike after a meal. So this will help with sugar cravings. It'll also help circulation through the body to make you feel less lethargic. Um, there's always a blood sugar spike after meals, but as your body starts breaking down the food, especially for diabetes patients, it's advisable to walk for 10 minutes after eating a meal. Several studies have proved that post-meal walking can prevent a sudden spike in sugar levels. So definitely, definitely go for a walk after meals. It will help improve your blood sugar levels or stabilize your blood sugar levels. All right. Next on the list, and this is the last one out of the four, is to just chew your food slowly and eat without distractions, right? A lot of times when we are eating a meal, we eat, we eat meals standing up. Don't do that. Eat a meal sitting down in the comfort of your home, preferably without TV on, electronics on. Just sit with your food. 
Don't have music playing. Don't have a podcast playing. Don't be on a phone conversation. Don't be driving. Don't be, you know, in an intense argument with your wife, your your boyfriend, whatever. Don't don't engage in things that are going to spike your cortisol, spike your stress hormones. Right? You want to be in a rest and digest state. So you want to be relaxed. Right? Maybe even take a few deep breaths before you start eating. And I know this stuff is like very woo-woo, but there's actually science behind it. You want to be fully present when you eat your meals. And just this tip may help your digestion the most. Just chew your food thoroughly. This creates smaller particles of food for your body to digest. And a lot of times what this does too is there is a digestive enzyme that is created in the mouth that's called amylase. It's actually in your saliva. And this helps break down food before it even enters your digestive system. So amylase helps break down the food before it even enters into your intestines. So you definitely, definitely want to chew your food thoroughly. Get that amylase mixing in with your food to break the food down before it even enters your body, okay? And that's what chewing your food thoroughly and eating slowly and more mindfully is going to do for you. Not only that, it's going to help with your satiety so that you don't overeat. You're going to be able to stop eating when you're actually full. A lot of people eat so fast that they never actually feel full. And then after the meal, they're like totally stuffed. Eating more slowly and mindfully is going to allow you to actually feel your hunger cues. Same thing with walking after a meal. That's actually going to help promote, you know, you getting in some more activity as well. So all of these things are kind of helpful, right? Like they're all helpful things that we all should be doing. Now it's how are you going to implement these things, right? So we talked about getting in prebiotic rich foods, getting in a variety of foods, getting in prebiotic rich foods. This means you should be having vegetables at every single meal, fruits and vegetables throughout the day, right? Probiotics. This means that either A, you can take a probiotic supplement or maybe one snack throughout the day can be like a Greek yogurt or you have like a kombucha or you have, you know, some sort of probiotic rich food throughout the day to help you create more good gut bacteria you know number three going for a walk after meals right it doesn't have to be after every meal but if you can get out on a walk after your lunch or your dinner just go take a 10 minute walk out of your day you want to get steps in anyways you probably want to lose weight or lose fat walking more is not going to hurt your efforts in losing fat or losing weight so make sure you get in that walk after each meal it's going to improve your blood sugar levels it's going to improve your digestion it's going to make you feel better it's going to lower your cortisol you're probably going to sleep better and those who sleep better have a better chance of managing their weight and then number four just eating more slowly and mindfully right one way that you can do this is to get smaller forks or smaller spoons or you can <clears throat> you can actually put your food onto a smaller plate or you can use chopsticks to eat your food. I know some people who eat exclusively with chopsticks because it forces them to be more mindful and eat slowly. All right, that's it for today's episode guys. If this was helpful, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review. You guys have been absolutely killing it with the reviews lately and it like it helps the show out so much. I do this show out of the the love that I have for you guys that listen to this show every single week. 
So if you want to show me love back, I really appreciate it. It really helps the show tremendously in the rankings. And if you guys leave a written review, I always read them and I always see what you guys say. And it really warms my heart to see what you guys have to say about the podcast and, and how it's helped you out and stuff. So anyways, I appreciate you guys either way. And I will talk to you next week.